With City and Liverpool, the only two remaining unbeaten sides in the Premier League ahead of Saturday's game, and with Guardiola's side widely regarded as the best team in the country, it had began to feel as though no one in the division could beat the champions. City proved that they had the graft and application to match their technical excellence as they pressed Chelsea relentlessly from the outset at the bridge. But the Blues found a way to stop them. There may have been some luck along the way for the home side, as Guardiola's men should have scored during their first half dominance, but Chelsea's revised approach of long balls in behind City's high line at the back paid dividends. Surrey's men survived City's onslaught and picked the visitors off by taking their chances when they arrived. One of the major criticisms Surrey has faced is the lack of a plan B. In Italy, it was one of the reasons his Napoli side were unable to achieve success. Although they battled till the end in the Serie A, their performances in cup competitions were very poor. Napoli stayed true to their possession-based passing style even in adversity. It cost them points, which ultimately was the difference between them and Juventus in the league. Until Saturday, Chelsea played in similarly. Teams like West Ham and Everton showed how to stop Sarri's system. Tottenham finally was able to break it, and Wolves too got the better of them. The lack of form from some players also helped those opponents. They showed how pressing, quick feet and pace can be used effectively against Chelsea. Sarri knew going up against City with similar tactics would be suicidal. Even Pep Guardiola expected him to do the same, which is why he opted to start with a false nine. Sarri came up with a way to deploy his team where they could stay true to quick passing but not allow City to take advantage. In the second half, he was willing to change his midfield three to a midfield two with Kante and Jorginho. This pushed Barkley into the number 10 role with Loftus-Cheek and Pedro on the wings. Manchester City were absurdly dominant in the first half. They were repeatedly pushing Chelsea back, forcing them into their own half as they utterly dominated possession and had an absurd amount of dominance over the tempo of the game. Yet, they weren't really creating a lot of chances. Half chances, sure, but they only ended the half with one shot on target. Part of the problem was that when they got the ball into promising positions, instead of taking a shot, they took a touch. Countless attacks broke down because City, in particular Sané, were unduly hesitant in front of goal. This strikerless front three really could have used a striker. Someone with the desire to shoot quickly. All these wingers didn't have the killer instinct of a Sergio Aguero or even an informed Gabriel Jesus. A team that scored for fun struggled to create a chance after the initial half an hour. Guardiola's team usually attack with five players. When the wingers take away the opposition fullbacks, the midfielders run into the space left behind. Sarri nullified this tactic by asking his midfielders to occupy that space their fullbacks were pulled away from. City, when attacking with five, push their fullbacks to inverted fullback roles, which allow a lot of space in the region they leave behind. 
Chelsea were able to use that space effectively with their speedier players. Such moves resulted in the opening goal and additional chances as the game progressed. Kante should be at the base of midfield. He's a DM. Jorginho can tackle. These and more were the kind of words being used by pundits and fans, including myself, as Kante has struggled to play in his new box-to-box role. No one thought, of course, that Kante was merely adapting to a new position and would just need time. Against City, the nicest footballer on the planet very much looked like he knew exactly how to play as a box-to-box midfielder. Kante was at his rampaging best against City. Sure, he was mostly just chasing the ball, but he did it fairly well. And then in the closing moments of the first half, he showed just what he can do when unleashed to run forward. When Hazard played a hopeful cutback to the edge of the box, no City player was marking Kante, because, well, he's Kante. Kante isn't the greatest footballer in the world, but he does have some serious ability, and he struck Hazard's cross with such a superb combination of power and control, guiding it high into the roof of the net and giving Chelsea an improbable lead. He then proceeded to run the break with relentless energy, repeatedly rampaging up the right flank and causing City no end of problems. Azpilicueta was nicknamed Dave by the Chelsea players for some reason. Not only is that nickname wholly lacking in originality, but it doesn't do him justice. In the first half, City threw Sane at him. In the second half, City threw Sterling at him. Both times, neither man got much of anything when taking him on 1v1. Sure, both men beat him a couple of times, but he nearly always got back at them to make a recovery tackle or block. In the end, he finished with an absolutely insane 13 tackles. 13. That is ludicrous. David Luiz is an easy target because he can make a big blunder or two, but he is fundamental to the Chelsea side because not only is he a good defender most of the time, for example against City he constantly cleared crosses and blocked routes to goal, but he is a resplendent footballer and essential to the way that Chelsea attack. For the first goal it was David Luiz raking 40 yard diagonal pass that cut City open and started the move, which a few passes later resulted in Chelsea's shock opener. And for the second goal, well, he scored the second goal with a deft header. David Luiz may be an easy target for jokes, but he is absolutely essential to any and all of Chelsea's success under Sarri. Manchester City have been superhuman all season, smashing everyone before them. Even their close wins weren't close matches. They played the most spectacular football the league has ever seen. So much movement, pace and intelligence. And the goals. So many goals despite missing their best players De Bruyne and Aguero for certain periods of time. Yet a Liverpool side who have barely got a handful of good league performances to their name have not only kept pace with them all the way but are now top of the table because City came to a Chelsea side to whom they are wholly superior and put in an impotent display, losing 2-0 despite a first half which should have ended with a scoreline of 1-4 or something.